welcome back. I hope you had a great Christmas. We're jumping in now into new year. Hopefully this is gonna be a better year. I think we're all kind of hoping for that. This week, what I wanted to get into um, is talking about world religions a little bit. Um, I'm doing a lot of research these days on world religions, what they believe, why they believe it, their history, their scriptures, all of those sort of things. I'm actually putting together kind of a little book that is going to break down every religion, what their history is and how it got started, um, their views on seven doctrinal issues that I think pretty much distinguish every religion from another, and their different denominations, um, and their, uh, I already mentioned, views of scripture. There's one other thing, uh, even just kind of breaking down a Christian critique of each of those religions. And so with that, I wanted to share with you guys some of the things that I've been learning through that. This information I already have up on my website. Um, I'm today just going to talk about Mormonism and Jehovah Witnesses and just world religions in general. So we're going to get into it. Hope you guys enjoy it. Alright, so one of the reasons that I think we just need to study world religions more is honestly, like, as I talk with people, whether people are religious or not, they understand how central religions are to how people act and what they do. And ultimately, a lot of people would even say who aren't religious, that religion is responsible for a lot of the evil and the problems that exist in the world. They may even say, go as far as to say that World religions, or religions in general, or specific religions, are the reasons why we don't have world peace today. Now, of course, I disagree with that, especially from a Christian worldview. I would say that Christianity, if it was more widespread, if everyone was Christians, we wouldn't have wars. Peace would be on earth. But I understand where they're coming from, knowing and understanding some of the history, even within Christianity, and especially within other religions like Islam or even Mormonism, some of the history there seems to point to some sort of military point. All of that to be said, if religion is the cause of so much of the evil in the world and the problems that we have in the world, we should learn about them. And I think it's really odd when people say, well, religions are the cause of all of these things, bad things, and then they're not taking any time to study it. Imagine if we're convinced that there's some sort of threat to the world, like even today, a lot of times people are looking at global warming and they're saying that this is the biggest threat to the world today. Or to get even more to home, COVID. We say that's the biggest threat right now to the world. What if we just said that's the biggest threat and we didn't study it? That would make no sense. Yet here we are, a lot of times, people proclaiming that religion is the biggest problem with the world or religions are the reasons why other religions that oppose Christianity are the reasons why it's hard to convince somebody of Christianity. And we're not studying them. It's like we've agreed that this is the problem is these other religions that are either the false religions or religion as a whole, if you believe that all religions are false, and you're not taking any time, any time to study them. It just makes absolutely no sense. And so a big part of what I do as someone who does apologetics is I want to study world religions. There's a lot of different focuses that you can get into when you're doing apologetics, talking about different religions, talking about science and whether or not evolution is true, whether or not we can see 
through science that there's evidence for the existence of God, looking at the um, intelligent argument for the existence of God and how design within the universe, both biologically and from the universe as a whole, seems to point to a designer. And if there must be a designer, then that designer must be God. Or we can look at morality and we can look at that as reasons why there must be God. All of these different facets that we can get into with apologetics or even defending the reliability of scripture or why ultimately we would say the Bible is scripture versus the Quran or the Book of Mormon. There's so many different things to get into. And so as an apologist, I can't study all of those. And you, as someone who's probably not an apologist and, and doesn't spend the rest of your time, your job literally studying apologetics, you don't have the time to study all of this. And so part of what I want to do is present, hopefully with this podcast and with this YouTube channel, just some really bare bones. Here's some basic apologetics to equip you to be able to know how to defend your faith and to know also how to contextually phrase it to help others understand where you're coming from. And part of that, what an understanding is, is realizing if I go to another culture or another country and I'm talking about something, I have to understand their culture, their traditions in order to express and explain what I believe. And this isn't just true of religion. This is true of anything. I have to figure out ways, even when I'm explaining mathematics to someone of how this applies to their life. If I'm in a village in the Amazon, for them to understand and contextualize how important this is for them to grasp and understand. Plus, when it comes to religion, there's so much culture that's incorporated into our religion <clears throat> that I have to be able to know how do I explain this in a way that relates to their culture so they understand where I'm coming from. And in the same sort of way, even though we all live in the United States, most of my listeners are here in the U.S., you might have a neighbor who lives right next door to you and you would think we have the same culture, we have the same background, but if they have a different religion than you, you're not going to be able to explain Christianity and the gospel to them well unless you kind of have an understanding and a background of what their religion is, what their culture is, just like when you travel somewhere. We're in a different time, in a different era where before religion just kind of accumulated around a group of people and you'd have people with pretty much agreement on what they believed in religion. But now we're living side by side with people that have very different religious viewpoints than us. And if we can't explain to them what our viewpoint is by getting into the context and getting in their shoes of what their religion believes, then we're not going to have a good, good time or a good way to explain Christianity to them. So with that being said, that's part of the reason that I'm trying to make this book. I'm trying to make a very short handbook that it's going to be probably about four pages for every religion, explaining what they view of the doctrines of heaven, hell, creation, nature of God, nature of man, sin, salvation, and the fall. And not all of these religions are even going to use those words, but all of those religions have some sort of version that they're going to look at and say, this is what we mean by the world's gone amok. The world's wrong in some sort of way, and this is how we as humans can fix it, or this is how we as humans can fix ourselves. And so with that, one of the things that is interesting to get into is realizing a lot of the people that we talk to, and this is who I wanted to talk about mainly today, it, Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons, 
We'll even say we are Christians. So they're wanting to say we're part of the same context, the same culture as you. We're going to use the same terms as you. But what we're going to come to realize when we're talking about these two religions, they might use even the same words that you and I use, but they mean very different things by it. And I'm hoping that through this, I can help you guys understand how to talk with someone, how to even at least ask questions to make sure you're on the same page with them when you're talking with a Jehovah Witness or with a Mormon in order to be better equipped to share the gospel with them. So what I'm just going to get into, we're not going to talk as much about the history of how these religions got started, but I want to just mainly talk about how they view those seven or eight different doctrines because they are going to use the same terms, but they're going to mean very different things by them. So, for instance, nature of God. As Christians, Orthodox, Protestant, Catholic, we're all pretty much in agreement that the nature of God is that he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's all-loving. He has all these omni-qualities to him. He doesn't have a body. And that he is a trinity. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one being God in three persons. Now, that's something that's complicated that we're not going to get into today. But just to put it shortly, we understand that they, even though that sounds hard to grasp, and it is hard to understand, how can something be three persons in one being at the same time? But because we're saying three persons in one being and not three persons in one person or three beings in one being, that's not contradictory. And so we can know that that's logically sound, even though it might not be something that you and I can comprehend. And so we're going to start with that. We're not going to get into the Trinity today, but that is the typical understanding from a Christian worldview of how we view God. He's Trinitarian. He contains omni-qualities. He's just, he's merciful, he's loving. These sort of qualities are things that we're going to say as Christians that God has. Now, Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons are going to say we're Christians too. But they don't believe the same thing when we ask, what do you believe is the nature of God? The nature of God for Jehovah Witness is first focusing on Jehovah. That's, of course, why they're called Jehovah Witnesses, is because they've focused so much on this name, which is also thought of as the Tetragrammaton. It just is the Y-H-W-H in Hebrew. When you see it in the Old Testament, that's all that we actually have. It's called the Tetragrammaton is kind of the term for it. And basically what happened is the Jews, when they first wrote down the Bible or the Torah, they had the name of God. This is the only name that God gives to himself. Elohim, all the other names that we have for God are names that mankind has given to God. But the term Yahweh or Jehovah, as it's transliterated into English, that name is based upon this name that God gave to Moses when Moses asked, who should I say sent me to you? to the people of Israel. And so this is the one name that God has given to people. And so they focus on that and say, this is central importance. We should always call God by the name Yahweh or Jehovah. And that ends up being not something we disagree with, but it's not something that we focus on as much as they do. So when you read your Bible and you see the word Lord, 
in all capitals or God in all capitals, that's actually the Tetragrammaton. That's Yahweh. For whatever reason, that's the way that we've translated it. And I think it's important when you're talking with Jehovah Witnesses, bring that up in discussion with them to say, I know what you're talking about. I understand the importance of this. And it is probably something that we should bring to a little bit more prominence. But Jehovah Witnesses, they're going to make that focus, but they're also going to say there's not a trinity. God is not all-powerful in the same sort of sense because he's one of many gods. So Jesus, since he's not part of the trinity, or we shouldn't really say part, he's not a trinity with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. He is a created part. He is created by Yahweh, and through Jesus, Yahweh creates everything. So John 1.1, where all Bibles will read, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the Jehovah Witnesses have what's called the New Living or New World Translation of the Bible. And that says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. So they changed that. So now Jesus is not God, equal in power, equal in in position with God the Father, though he takes a lesser role, he is now actually just a lower God. He's a God. And Yahweh is a God. He is the most powerful. He is the almighty God. But he is not the only God. So that's part of what ends up being really different about how they view things. Moving over to Mormons, they're going to take that even a further step where God is we have God the Father. There is a Godhead, meaning that there are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they have equal will or the same will and the same purpose, but they are se separate and completely different beings. So where Jehovah Witnesses really are polytheists because they're saying that Yahweh is God, he's Almighty God, and Jesus is a God, and there might be other gods that I haven't at least researched to see what their view is on other gods beside that. They have at least two because now they have Jesus and Yahweh. Mormons are going to take it even further where now God the Father, not only is he um, the one God that created or actually birthed literally not through um, or reproduced quite literally, um, through Heavenly Mother. So now you have Yahweh, or they're not going to say Yahweh. They're actually going to say just God the Father. Um, has babies literally with this Heavenly Mother, because there's eternal marriage within their view. And through that, you have all the offspring of creation. Now we're going to start bleeding into the nature of man here. Um, all of mankind is the actual reproduced offspring of God the Father and Heavenly Mother. And that includes Jesus. And it even includes Satan. So Jesus and Satan are actually the firstborn of creation. Jesus is the literally firstborn. He's the first. And then Satan, I believe, is viewed as the second. And they are gods now, or Jesus is God in a sense, but he's not the most powerful God. So we don't worship Jesus as God. Furthermore, because part of their theology is to say that God, the Father, the way that he created us is through reproduction, 
their view is that that we are reproduced as spirit beings and then we're given earthly bodies by God the Father. Um, but even God the Father is a result of reproduction through his Father, who's reproduced from his Father in turn. So we don't even worship, according to Mormonism, the highest God. We just worship our God. We worship the God that is closest to us, who created us or created our earthly bodies and reproduced to make us as his spirit children. And so he also created Jesus as his spirit child. So this is where it starts to get very different. Our nature as mankind is not the same as the Christian worldview, where the Christian worldview is going to say, we are the offspring of God in the sense that we are adopted. We have the opportunity to be adopted, according to scripture, as sons and daughters of God, which is one of the reasons that I think you get into trouble from the Mormon viewpoint, because even within Mormon scripture, it says we have the opportunity to become children of God, not that we are currently children of God. So that creates a problem because if we can become children of God, that means we weren't before. But LDS theology, Latter-day Saint theology, is saying we've always been because we were born of God. That's how we came to being. It wasn't that we were created. We were reproduced into spirit children, and then we were given earthly bodies. But if we're able to become children of God, we weren't children of God before. You can't become something you already are. So that's where it starts getting different. With mankind, according to Jehovah Witnesses, they're a little bit more on track. Mankind is made in the image of God, meaning we reflect his character. Mankind are the physical beings. And so no part of us lives after, but no part of us then lives after death. We are, in, in essence, um, remade after we die. And this is getting ahead, but maybe we'll jump to this instead. Their view then of hell is also different, where hell, for a Jehovah Witness, to say that mankind is eternally punished for not believing in God on this earth, they see that as unjust. Now that's getting into the problem of evil, which is another thing maybe we should discuss at another time. But the problem with that is scripture seems to make it very, very clear that we are eternally punished and eternally separated from God and alive if we reject God. But they view what is called annihilationism. And there are some Christians, some what I, that I would say are actual Christians. And part of my reason for bringing up Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons and talking about their views in this is to point out that both of these groups are saying we're Christians. But when we look at all of these doctrinal issues, heaven, hell, creation, nature of God, nature of man, sin, salvation, and the fall, we disagree on pretty much all of these issues, especially Mormons. Jehovah Witnesses a little bit less so. But if we disagree on these issues, these are really what separate every religion from another. And so if we're saying that we are the same religion and we disagree with each other on all of these things, in fact, especially with Mormons, I would say that with these doctrines, and again, these are just the most central doctrines, I think, to any religion. A lot of times people want to say all religions basically say the same thing because they're trying to say that religions basically teach you to be a good person. 
And that's all religions are really about. But when you think of the context of what religions are really saying, religions are saying there is some view of eternity. Even in Hinduism, you're going to say that we are um, what's reincarnated. And so really this life that we have is like one pixel on your big HD television. And your next life is just going to be another pixel, according to Hinduism. But then from a Western religion viewpoint, so Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, Islam, um, Judaism, eternity is more like our life is that is one pixel in the top left of your HD television. And eternity is the rest of that and even bigger than that. And so how you live this life here, depending on how you live that, whether you're following the teachings of what that religion believes is the truth, affects your eternity. So, and a lot of times that has somewhat to do about living a good life, but even more so about dedication to that religion. And so if dedication to that religion affects the entire HD television and your life being good just affects one pixel, the central thing of a religion is not that one pixel. It's the entire HD television. So the reasons why ultimately when I'm talking with Mormons especially, but Jehovah Witnesses as well, I'm going to say, I can't really agree that you and I believe the same thing and that we're both Christians is because ultimately like I'm looking at it and I'm saying we don't agree on the most central things. We don't agree on the nature of God, the nature of man, sin, salvation, heaven, hell, creation, and the fall. We don't agree on those things. In fact, I would agree with a Muslim's view on theology more than I would with a Mormon. I'd have to do a comparison with Jehovah's Witnesses. I haven't actually thought about that, but I have way more in common with a Muslim's view on these doctrinal issues than I do with a Mormon. And if that's true, I can't really look at it and say, we believe in the same religion. It just doesn't make sense. And so by that means, we're using this as a comparison. It's kind of like, again, I'm going to throw out COVID as an example. Somebody says, I have COVID. Well, you don't have any of the symptoms. We're going to take a test and see if you really have COVID based upon these different things that science has kind of understood distinguish COVID from other diseases. And we're doing the same thing with doctrines. We're looking at these are doctrines that separate each religion from another. And it's hard to ever say that one religion is the same as another religion when they disagree on the majority of these issues. And especially when Christendom, when we're talking about Jehovah Witnesses and Mormonism, both of these are coming out very late in the game. And we have Protestants, Catholics, and uh, Orthodox all agreeing pretty much unanimously on every single one of these eight doctrinal issues. And so this is kind of the test to see, all right, you're saying you have COVID, you're saying you're Christian. Do you agree on these issues that have always distinguished Christianity from other religions? And we're looking at it and we're just saying, no, clearly not. You have a very, very different view of that. So hell for Jehovah's Witness is that ultimately, if you've rejected God, God will punish you for a time until it pays, until you pay for your sins and then you're just destroyed. None of you survives. It's not your body, not your soul, not your spirit. 
you're gone. You're out. You cease to exist in every form you could imagine. So that's a very different view of hell. Mormons, similarly, are going to have a very different view of hell once again. Hell for them is more of what you would call outer darkness. And there's kind of two different things. You have hell, which is more of this temporary holding place for those who rejected God, but not in the sense of they ever fully understood what the gospel was or even the um, giving of and the reformation, not the reformation, the restoration of the church. And they rejected what they understood, but they didn't fully grasp it. Those people go to hell and they pay for their sins for a time and then they're brought up to the lowest level of heaven, which we'll get to later. But then there's outer darkness, and outer darkness is a little bit closer to the Christian view of hell. Outer darkness is actually the place for those who fully understood, were a part of the church for a time, and then rejected the church. And those people, this is a place where no one will ever be able to leave post-resurrection. And it's eternity for those who fully understood atonement, but then they rejected it. And so those people are eternally separated, but those are, that's a very few amount of people. So their view of hell is different. So heaven now will transition to that. Those who rejected the restoration of the church or atonement from Christ and everything else, um, but then paid for their sins in hell, those people will be able to go to the lowest level of heaven. So there's three different levels of heaven. There's the telestial kingdom, the terrestrial kingdom, and the celestial kingdom. So the terrestrial kingdom is reserved for those who lived lives of sin, ill intent, and hatred of God and his workings, but they've worked through those things in hell, and now they're in the lowest level of heaven. Then there's the terrestrial kingdom, and the terrestrial kingdom is reserved for those who led good lives, but they did not accept the restored gospel. And did not perform the required ordinances like baptism, celestial sealing, which is being united with um, your spouse eternally, not just on earth, um, or other temple ordinances or baptism um, in the spirit, or, or not in the spirit, but uh, celestial baptism. Um, Jesus comes to visit this kingdom, but he doesn't dwell in the celestial kingdom. So that's the second tier. And then the top tier is the celestial kingdom. And this is the highest kingdom. And this is for those who've heard the restored gospel. They received it. They were baptized by someone that has priestly authority. So you and I, as Christians, who were not baptized by the priestly authority that was passed to Joseph Smith through other apostles and then passed down to the apostles that are currently on earth, and we weren't baptized by one of them, so our baptism doesn't count. We have to accept a baptism that's been done through priestly authorities. And we're given the chance when we arrive in heaven to accept. That's why they do baptism of the dead. We're given the chance to accept that. Um, and then you can go to the celestial kingdom without being celestially sealed, um, but only as a ministering angel when you go. In this kingdom, a man will become God of his own planet and may call his wives to create spirit children um, and populate the planet. God the Father only exists on the celestial kingdom, living with God and Jesus in his kingdom. Uh, this is what Mormons mean by eternal life. So eternal life to them is living in 
the celestial kingdom. Eternal life isn't just being in heaven, because heaven could be in the celestial or the celestial kingdom as well. Which you and I, if we did believe that that was heaven, we would still say that's eternal life. You're in heaven. But their view of heaven is very different because you can be in heaven and not be with God. For us, being in heaven is synonymous. Wow, that's a hard word. Not really. Um, synonymous with being with God. So then I'm going to stop at this point. Um, we'll, we'll also talk about, so we'll get to one or two more things and then we'll, we'll stop today and then we'll do another podcast later. Um, those, according to Jehovah Witnesses, what heaven is, those destined for everlasting life will be brought up from death with no memory of when they were dead as they were simply unconscious. Uh, select few, 144,000, those people will live in heaven. And then the rest, those who have accepted Christ, will live on earth, on a new earth, um, along with Yahweh and the angels. Only and um, Yahweh or Jehovah and the angels will be in heaven um, with the 144,000, but the rest will be on earth. And pre and so that's again you have a different view of things, where for Christians, there's a new heaven, there's a new earth, and we will dwell on both with God. The whole Trinity of it, not just some of those, the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit may or may not be in those places with us. So you can see already all of the ways that they're viewing this very very differently. Than we do as Christians. And this is the sort of thing that's, I think, important that we just study world religions because, especially with these two, these are people that are claiming to be Christians that have a very, very different understanding and viewpoint of what these doctrines are. And if we're going to be effective in sharing the gospel with them, we need to know and understand what they view on these things. So if you're a Mormon, this should probably help you understand why I, as a Christian, look at it and say, I can't say you're a Christian. In fact, another way to think of it is Mormons, you do want to call yourselves Christians. And this is actually interesting because it's kind of a new to development. You look at older history of the Mormon church and they wanted to separate themselves and call themselves Mormons. Now you're not supposed to. And you want to say that you're a Christian and you're part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But in that... What's interesting is you're, you're wanting to claim that because you wanted to be, um, be one, I think, with the rest of the Christian community. But what's odd about that is I could look at it and say, I'm a Latter-day Saint. I'm a part of the G Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-days, of Latter-day Saints. Would you say that I'm LDS then? Probably not, because you would look at it and you would say, Noah, you don't believe in the Book of Mormon. You don't believe there's living prophets. You don't believe in the priesthood. You don't believe in baptism of the dead or that you're celestially sealed with your wife for all in eternity. You have a very different view. You're not LDS. You're right. I don't think it would be right for me to associate with that. But if it's just me saying, I believe in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and that's what makes me Christian or makes me LDS, then yeah, I'm LDS. 
there's more going on than that. You understand that. And in the same way, when you say I'm Christian, I'm looking at it and saying, you don't line up with the same things. And the same would go with Jehovah Witnesses. You might say, I, I would also say I'm a witness of Jehovah. I'm a Jehovah Witness for sure. Because I believe that Jehovah, Yahweh is the name of God. And I am his witness. So I'm Jehovah's Witness. But you would look at that and say, no, you don't agree about the 144,000. You don't believe that Jesus is the firstborn, literal firstborn of creation, and that he's part of creation, not created, creator of it all. You don't believe that we are annihilated if we don't accept atonement and we don't follow God. Um, that you believe that we're eternally separated from God and go through punishment for that. Um, or really the punishment is being separated from God where Jehovah witnesses believe that we're annihilated. If that's what we believed, I don't, but I'm a Jehovah witness. You would look at that and say, you can claim that, but that's not truly what you are. Just because you're calling yourself that doesn't make you that just because I say I have COVID doesn't mean I have COVID. So that's part one. We'll get into some other issues between these two religions and how that's different from Christianity in the next episode. Hey guys, thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed the content. If you did, please give it a like and a subscribe. Also think about supporting this ministry financially. Your support allows me to create more content in the future that's hopefully more of a resource to others and to yourself. If you want to do that, there's a link in the description that will take you to my Ratio Christie page and you can set up a donation there. Thanks a lot.